had like a, a little wooden handle and a little felting needle on it. And I would mm. just stab away at it because one thing that I noticed with, with other people's work versus my own was, I mean, they could have been using Facetune on it for all I know, I've got no idea, <laughs> just to make it look all smooth. Yarn Over podcast. I'm your host Sarah Jane and today we're going to be talking to Laura from Hey It's Laura Jane on Instagram. Laura is a musician. She's very well known for an amazingly popular song which has been all over social media. She is also an ex-crochet designer and also a creative business strategist. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about amigurumi and crochet injuries. So grab a cup of tea and your crochet hook and let's get into this week's episode. I wanted to take a moment to introduce my brand new book, You Can Crochet with Bella Coco. This is a clear and simple course for the beginner and contains everything that you need to get started as an absolute beginner. It also serves as a handy reference guide for those who just want a quick catch up to brush up on their techniques. And it contains 12 gorgeous crochet patterns for you to complete. You Can Crochet with Bella Coco is available now. Hello and welcome. I'd love to welcome Laura to you today. Hello, Laura. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So for those who might not know who you are, could you just do a little introduction of yourself? Sure. Um, I'm Laura. I'm a now ex-crochet designer. I'm sad to say. Um, I am a musician. I'm a creative business strategist. I do lots of social media and content community stuff now, now that I can't crochet anymore. Um, some people might know me from the Simply Crochet YouTube channel. I was the host of that for a few years. Um, and also from that terrible repetitive song that everybody seemed to have shared at one point. <laughs> um, yeah, I was the creator of It Costs That Much because it takes me effing hours just so we don't upset YouTube. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've, I've been a bit of a, uh, I've been a bit of everywhere, really, I think. Yeah. Well, first mm-hmm. of all, it wasn't a terrible song. It was brilliant. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. And it it, was I think it's the, the 50th time, I think, was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I still love it. I still do. Um, I think it had a very um, important message behind it. Um, and you also mentioned that you're an ex crocheter, which we will get yeah. into a little bit later. But first mm. of all, could we kind of rewind back to the beginning um when did your crochet journey begin it was about 12 years ago now um and I was a young mum at the time I had a toddler and I was in quite a bad place and I think funnily enough lots of people's crochet journeys started in the same way where it became almost like this sort of form of therapy in a sense And I know for me, it was definitely that, that sort of repetitive kind of action and it was productive. And um, yeah, I'd separated from my daughter's father um, and I was just in one of those places where I needed something that was not just, I was just mum. It was Mm -hmm. something for me that it was a hobby that I could get engrossed in and that wasn't really serving anyone else it was just kind of serving me and I think that's yeah. something we don't we don't get to do a lot of when we've got toddlers mm-hmm. um 
And it sort of snowballed from there, really. It was something that kind of happened by accident. Me actually turning it into a business Mm -hmm. was a a bit of a shock. Um, And I think it's because I started kind of sharing things online. I was in a number of sort of Facebook groups about crochet. And um, I started having people ask me if I was selling things, if I was selling patterns, if I was selling like the things I was making. And it was almost like I thought, oh, okay, maybe this could go somewhere. And then it, yeah, it just, it sort of went from there really. But it was definitely, it definitely started out as a, a something for my mental health more than anything else. Yeah. Can you remember what your first project was? It was, um, the very, very first crochet thing I ever made was actually just the border of a baby cardigan because I was a knitter beforehand. Oh, okay. I made, I made a cardigan for my daughter while I was pregnant with her um, as sort of her, like, you know, special coming home cardigan yeah. and all this stuff. Um, and it had a crochet border. And I can't tell you how many hours of frustration that gave me because <laughs> as a knitter, crochet was like a whole other, you'd think it would be something that you could slip into it quite easily. Yeah, no, I was t- I was funnily enough a really awful crocheter at the beginning. <laughs> I was not yeah. good at, it at all, um, and so yeah, that was the very first thing. And then it was once I discovered amigurumi, that was me away. I was obsessed after that point because yeah. it was quick. I loved yeah. blankets, but the I needed that productivity. I needed to be able to get get things finished as quickly as possible. So yeah, amigurumi yeah. was just my my happy place for sure can you remember your first amigurumi project I can I it was a I wrote somehow wrote the pattern myself I just well Mm -hmm. I say wrote the pattern I did it in my brain (laughs) (laughs) it was a seal actually it was a little seal um because I'd found this really nice kind of like color changing gray yarn in my yarn shop um and I made a little seal and he had like a little knitted scarf on it was very basic but I was thrilled because it was you know I wasn't following a pattern or anything but that that was the first thing um and I also got given a book that was full of all these teeny tiny little um patterns for little like there was like a zombie and a you know Frankenstein and stuff it was a present I think it was somebody that thought I was a crocheter when actually I was a knitter and there was that yeah I don't know what I'm doing with this, but it thankfully um, ignited a love that I didn't know was there. So that was well. That, it's very impressive, impressive that your first ever amigurumi was your own pattern. I think that was the first thing I ever finished. I had lots of unfinished half circles okay. everywhere. So. Yeah, <laughs> lots of trials. Yeah, lots <laughs> there of was trials. a gym. Lots of trials, but that was the first finished finished product, at least. <laughs> What is it that you think you like about amigurumi? I think I'm a big fan of Japanese culture on the whole Mm -hmm. anyway. The sort of cuteness and all the kawaii stuff and food with faces was a big thing for me. And that's a lot of the things that I made ended up being food with faces and literally anything with faces, actually, like pencils with faces. uh, But I think the thing for me with amigurumi was that it was something that as somebody who loved to crochet, I was getting a finished item so much quicker than if I had been doing a garment or a blanket or something much larger. Yeah. Um, and I'm extremely impatient. I, I I love making things, but I'm so impatient that I just, it has to be finished in a couple of days or I get frustrated. 
So yeah. I think that's the main thing. It's like being able to be a bit more free form with it, I think, and being able to build build things up and make something that's cute and it's like a little cute display thing. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, probably how quick it is to work up compared to other crochet things and also just being able to be a little bit more creative with the stuff that I was coming out with. Yeah, I'm them. just having, yeah, cute is definitely the right word. They are just so sweet. They are they? very, I follow some Amigurumi designers that I just look at their stuff and I'm like, how is it so neat? How is yeah. it so neat? And mm-hmm. detailed as well. Like there are a lot of really incredible Russian crochet designers that I follow that make just the tiniest, they use almost mm-hmm. like embroidery floss and crochet mm-hmm. with it with like the tiniest little hooks. Um, and I just... I'm in awe. I don't know how they manage that at all. It's awful. Yeah. A lot of patience. Lots and of patience. And eye strain, I assume. Yeah, I was, was going to say. We need yeah. like some hefty magnifying glass or something to, to work yeah. with. See, yeah. I am, I've always been open and honest about this. Amigurumi is not my forte. I can mm-hmm. do it, but I don't necessarily... I wouldn't say I do it particularly well. (laughs) I don't don't know what it is. I think because a lot of the amigurumi that I make, I would show you, I've got one next to me now, but I can't show you because it's um, from one of the Crochet Society boxes, which isn't out yet. But um, the amigurumi that I make is often on camera. And when you're filming Mm -hmm. something, you know, tensions off and all of that. And I always joke whenever I'm showing the amigurumi that I've made that it's a lot bigger than (laughs) what it should be. I know that I need to go down a few hook sizes, but I like to use the hooks that are in the the boxes and things and, you know, all of that. So I'm not going to lie and say it's not my favourite. When I look at the stuff that you make, I honestly cannot understand how you do it so quickly because a black like a throw blanket will take yeah. months yeah <laughs> it just, it's I funny just isn't it how like, oh. like everyone can be so different whereas you're like super quick at amigurumi whereas I wouldn't be um yeah. but I guess that's the whole you know that's why it's so exciting this this um sector isn't it like crochet and things just everybody is everyone's got their own niche inside their niche um so yeah that's lovely but what what tips I'm partly saying this for me but for other people as well to get benefit. <laughs> okay. if somebody if somebody wanted to start amigurumi so let's start there if somebody has never done it before what tips do you think you could give them I would say and you're not gonna you're in particular not gonna like this one is use a hook smaller yeah. <laughs> than what the yarn suggests is yes. always what I would suggest um because obviously with double knit it's normally sort of a three three and a half that you'll get suggested with with some of them and I always use a two or a 2.5 which with cotton yarn is a nightmare because it's a lot of it splits so easily um but it's for me it's all about there being no gaps between Mm -hmm. the stitches I think when I when I first started doing amigurumi I would kind of always just use what the recommended hook size was for whatever yarn I was using because I you know that was the smart thing to do that's what I'd done with everything else and then I always just found there was just kind of gaps between the stitches and you could see the stuffing through it and it just felt kind of a bit sloppy and 
so yeah I started going down a hook size and then I went down another hook size um and most of the time I work with a 2.5 and I find that's my kind of comfortable place with double knit um mm -hmm. because it just it kind of it's nice and tight and neater obviously you have to bear in mind if you're following a pattern it's going to end up being slightly smaller than what it's suggesting but it's yeah it, as far as I'm concerned it just looks so much neater and you're not going to get all the stuffing kind of sneaking out through all the little holes and stuff so yeah that's I what definitely... I would say is good to start with but just mm -hmm. mind out for cotton yarn because it will split when you yeah. start getting into the little tiny sizes it's, it's very splitty yeah definitely not if I was making it um you know off camera I know for me mm -hmm. two sizes down would be yeah. the place that I need to be Mm -hmm. um but it's so funny sometimes how big my amigurumi turn <laughs> it's actually yeah. hilarious well, like, when I did this, this is not supposed to be this big <laughs> I did tutorial videos for simply crochet magazine for a few years before my son was born and I just ended up with he was a very high maintenance baby so I ended up with no time at all to do anything yeah um but I was doing them for Yarniversity on their YouTube channel and and it is funny when you're doing sort of explainer videos you realize almost how sloppy your own like natural techniques are <laughs> you're trying so hard to make it look clean and, and easy to understand because it is it's a lot of you know this yeah to anyone yeah, that's yeah. not familiar with it it just looks like spaghetti mm. legs so yeah um, you I think it, it does it sort of um drives it home a little bit how sloppy your own techniques can be because you have to be so much like more slow and intentional with everything that you're doing yeah. and I was just the amount of times I had to record re-record them so I'm like they cannot tell what I'm doing at all I'm not teaching yeah. anyone anything <laughs> it's not good it's, it's tricky isn't it um and then for those who might have given it a go mm -hmm. um but might want to like this is definitely me, might want or need to improve on their skills. Mm -hmm. Have you got any tips from that standpoint? I do. My The the moment that I kind of leveled up my own stuff significantly was when I started using a felting needle on it at the end. Okay. I would use a felting needle that was kind of, I don't know if I've got one to hand, but it had like a, a little wooden handle and a little felting needle on it. And I would mm -hmm. just stab away at it. Because one thing that I noticed with with other people's work versus my own was I mean they could have been using facetune on it for all I know I've got no idea <laughs> just to make it look all smooth but when you start to stuff it it can end up looking a little bit lumpy bumpy or it's a yeah. little bit more squishy than you want it to be but you don't want to overstuff it because then it starts to show through and get gappy and yeah. if I ever noticed any patches that were gappy or were a little bit lumpier than I wanted them to be, I would just stab at it with a felting needle. And it not only pulls everything in and smooths it out, but it makes it feel so much firmer and nicer oh. and it makes it feel more expensive and more well-crafted. And it's yeah. the best thing I ever discovered was a felting that needle. That is a brilliant tip. I've never heard that before. It's. I don't know if anyone else does it. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone if they have they haven't admitted it or told anyone because yeah. I did it on just a whim um I just thought oh that bit's a little bit lumpy maybe if I just started jab it back jabbing in. it <laughs> and then I was like oh that Ooh. actually looks really good <laughs> um and it works particularly well with acrylic and wool it doesn't it yeah. works with cotton as well but more so just to kind of shape the stuffing it won't do a lot for the actual work itself mm -hmm. but yeah it's 
it was a game changer for me. I felt in needle, total game changer. Mm. Mm, I'd love to try that one. Do it. Definitely. That's a brilliant tip. <laughs> it's quite therapeutic as well. It is therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah, just jabbing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little bit of a therapy. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that you no longer crochet anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you're an ex-designer. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I am a chronic workaholic and I never took days off, never rested, never took breaks, never stepped away from anything because I think I'm neurodivergent. I've got ADHD and I get really hyper focused on things to the point where I won't get up and get a drink for hours, you know. Mm. Um, and I would get really hyper-focused on getting something finished, and especially with Amigurumi, because it is a much smaller project, the the light at the end of the tunnel is significantly closer. <laughs> so I would mm-hmm. just sit there and work and work and work, and I wasn't taking proper precautions or breaks or anything. And in my sort of – this would have been like my ninth year of crocheting when once I was doing it as a business and it was something that I was doing every day, pretty much every day, um I started to notice that I was getting a bit of pain in my elbow and it would sort of run just along the inside of my elbow and that kind of lumpy bit and I was getting a little bit of swelling and I thought okay well that's probably not very good I'll just take a couple days off Mm. and then it sort of went away and then you know a couple of hours into another crochet session it would come back and it got to the point where within 10 minutes of starting a project or starting and you know sitting down to crochet it would come back straight away Mm. and it got to the point where I could feel it even when I wasn't crocheting I would just Mm -hmm. be sitting completely still and I'd be getting this burning sort of throbbing pain and it was like traveling up my arm and down into my fingers um and I just I ignored it for a while because crochet at the time that was my job you know that was my whole everything that I sold pretty much was was crocheted so yeah obviously I was doing kind of stickers and prints and things that are a little bit more illustration based to to try and crochet just that bit less and see if it would heal up and it just never did and I thought Mm. okay I'm gonna need to take a significant break um and I actually I started working for snag tights in September of last year I was the head of community and social and so I I sort of closed my shop and I thought okay this will give me a break and I might be able to pick it up as a a hobby again soon. And six months went by and I hadn't crocheted anything. And I thought, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to try. And within five minutes, it was just burning again. And I was like, and so it just became one of those things. I just cannot do it anymore. There was a bit of a grieving period really, because for so many years, it had not only been my business and my kind of livelihood, it had also been a big part of my identity and you'll feel very much the same way because obviously so much of your life revolves around crochet. Yeah. When you can't do it anymore, it's like, who am I (laughs) a little bit? Who actually am I? I can't do this thing that was not only my job, but it was my, it was my hobby. It was my therapy. It was my wind down time. It was my creativity. Yeah. And And especially if you yeah, especially if you started it because, you know, mm-hmm. you were as a young woman, you wanted to have something other than being yeah. a mom. It becomes 
like you say, a part of you, doesn't it? So it was, yeah, it was not good. And you know, I know that I'm to blame for that. I really am because I didn't, I didn't take the proper breaks. I didn't support my arms. I didn't sit in a chair that was particularly supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know that if I could go back, there would obviously be a lot of things that I would change. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it's. I suppose it's just it's the universe nudging me in a different direction I suppose and that's kind of all I've been able to really take from it is that it's you know I'm very much of the opinion that everything happens for a reason yeah much as it's painful and sore Mm -hmm. literally and emotionally to kind of think I've got to let let go of something that was such a big part of who I am Mm -hmm. I'm just being nudged in a different direction now and I think that's kind of that's where I'm trying to focus on but Yeah. yeah it's it's difficult and it happens to so many artists when they've got especially quite a repetitive craft yeah. it's very very easy to get injured and yeah unfortunately Would, some people just don't recover and that's me yeah it is sad mm-hmm. Have you seen my brand new pattern, the Patchwork Blanket? This project is perfect if you want to use up some of your yarn in your stash, explore new stitches and techniques, and also learn new skills. So many people have picked up this pattern already and begun their projects. And if you want to too, you can head across to bellacococrochet.com forward slash patchwork hyphen blanket. That's bellacococrochet.com forward slash patchwork hyphen blanket blanket what tips would you give to people then to help prevent those types of injuries crochet injuries <laughs> this sounds sounds oh, nuts no, I mean, to say. Yeah. crochet injuries <laughs> yeah. yeah having cro- crochet's elbow i'll call it that yeah. <laughs> um the biggest thing i think is is taking breaks for mm. sure take just taking a stretch break or maybe even you know sort of setting timers and being like okay I'm going to do this for this amount of time and then I'm going to step away yeah I'm going to actually like give myself a little bit of recovery time Mm -hmm. because you're just using that same motion you know for for sometimes hours at a time because I Mm -hmm. a lot of crochet is the same we'll get so into what we're doing that it's like hours go by and um, and without having those rests and without sort of just stretching that out and just moving and putting your arm mm-hmm. in, different, in a different position, mm-hmm. it, it's much more likely to get injured. But the other thing that I would say is is support. If you're sort of holding your arms up and, and you know, an unnatural angle for so long, mm-hmm. there's, there's going to be huge like muscle strain and things like that. Um, so putting a cushion underneath when it did start to get bad for me it did help as long as I had my left arm supported I should have supported them both really but both arms supported is a is a big thing um and the final thing I would suggest is if you are somebody that crochets at a desk or a table which I used to do quite a lot is to avoid resting your arms on the edge of the table because Mm -hmm. that can cause all sorts of nerve injuries it can block circulation it can do all sorts of not very nice things so or and resting and stretching but Mm. I think it's one of those things that seems to get us all at some point so yeah that just supporting yourself a bit better stretching out having breaks yeah just slow down that process a little bit so that people can enjoy crocheting for as long as possible absolutely and I shouldn't be unable to to do something now yeah 
I remember, um, I was going to say last year, but I think it was the year before. <laughs> trying to think these years just go so yeah, quick. No, I but, don't um, know what day of the week it is half the time. In the moment. <laughs> I just lockdown, I blame lockdown. <laughs> yeah. My um, my youngest, she was eight weeks at the time and I had to get back to filming um, video tutorials. Um, I had like 50 something videos to do in a short space of time. It was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, caring for this like young baby, um, you know, I'd have to be a doing juggle, the videos yeah. and, stop <laughs> and then go and feed her. But because of these positions that I was in all the time, I was constantly crocheting mm -hmm. um, to do these video tutorials and I was holding her when I was breastfeeding her. Um, my arms were just absolute they were just in so much pain it was mm -hmm. just so painful luckily I recovered from that um because I made sure that I I got rest when I could but yeah, yeah it's just so unfortunate when when you don't recover yeah. um, it happens to lots of people for sort of short-term periods as well and mm -hmm. they do just end up kind of having to rest but it's that I think it's the fact that when you have an injury like that, it doesn't only hurt. And, you know, you'll remember this from being injured. It doesn't only hurt when you're crocheting. It hurts yeah. all the time. All the time, you know, you're yeah. doing anything. And when you've got young children and you're constantly needing to be lifting someone and doing yeah. things, cooking, and, you know, it's it ends up just taking over. So, yeah. yeah, definitely something to avoid if you could possibly help it. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you do crochet to help your mental health, but then you need to not do crochet sometimes to help your physical health. <laughs> yeah. To help your physical health. Yeah. So just do it in that in that balance. And a lot of people are, are hobby crochets, aren't they? So they mm. might pick up um, their hook a couple of times um, a week or whatever. I know some people mm. might do it every day, but just try and make it shorter bursts of time for every yes. day yeah definitely there's, there's a lot of resources online as well that sort of and I think it's useful for lots of different crafts but crochet and knitting in particular um lots of resources for things like specific very specific stretches that you can do that help to mm -hmm. kind of mobilize those areas um I think just just so that people aren't sort of worrying about it too much I think one of the things for me that made it more of an issue at such a young age was that mm -hmm. I've got hypermobility um, issues. So right. my joints don't work the way a normal person's joints <laughs> work. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm sort of hyper flexible in my hands and my elbows and wrists and things like that. So yeah, I don't think it's as common this young for it to mm -hmm. happen, but it's certainly something to watch out for, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So now that crochet is unfortunately out of the equation for you, what uh, what are you focusing on now? My current focus is all about kind of helping other creative business owners with visibility and marketing, social media mm -hmm. and mindset stuff, because there are so many people that are out there apologizing for their prices, apologizing for their some people are apologizing for their face on social media, which will never yeah. stop annoying me, you know, having no makeup on. It's like, sorry for my face. No, no. <laughs> uh, so my focus now is really just kind of helping other people build themselves up and build up their own creative businesses. I realized mm -hmm. years ago, as somebody that's been self-employed for almost 12 years, 
I realized a long time ago that one of my favorite things was just speaking to other creative business friends about what they were doing, what they were up to and how they could improve certain things. And lots of artists and crafters are really struggling with social media at the moment. It's such a, it it does feel a bit like you have to be this like content generation machine, just like churning stuff out just Mm -hmm. to be, seen by the people that already follow you um yeah and because social media and community building stuff is something that I love and I've always had a really sort of big passion for it I'm focusing on that now um and I've been putting out a lot of kind of stuff on social about about that visibility and marketing yourself and um And also a lot to do with the kind of mindset behind running a creative business because Mm -hmm. there's this sort of hustle culture that I really can't stand. I cannot abide the whole like wake up at 5 a.m. and go to the gym and, you know, have a smoothie and then work. for. It's it's not feasible for the average person. And certainly when there are people that are, you know, parents or they've got care responsibilities or chronic illnesses or you know different levels of attention span it's really difficult Mm. to to see this constant push for you need to be visible all the time you need to be doing this that and the other when I think one of the best things about being self-employed and especially as an artist and a crafter is that you are your own boss you've got an opportunity to reframe how that looks Mm-hmm. how being a business owner looks you've got that flexibility where you can listen to your body when it needs a rest you can listen yeah. to your emotions when they need a rest um and it's been really really nice to see so many people getting so much value out of the content that I'm putting out there and saying you know I've I've been achieving this much this week because I've been refocusing on what I'm doing and I've been feeling a lot better about if I'm losing followers or if I don't get very good reach on something. Um, mm. Yeah, there's there's too much importance, I think, nowadays put on appearances online and showing up and um, and being part of that hustle culture. And as somebody with a chronic illness, I can't physically be part of hustle culture. So I've, I've had to reframe my own kind of business. Yeah. And, See, that's what's happened with my crochet because I can't crochet anymore I'm now having to push things in a completely different direction mm-hmm. um, but thankfully it's a direction that I'm very very passionate about so um yeah. yeah with the sort of rise of that song and seeing how much impact I could have on people how people felt about their own businesses and about themselves and about their pricing um yeah just as one person being able to have that much of an impact it properly opened my eyes to how much we can do with with the platforms that we have online yeah Um, I just think it's amazing I think it's madness how far that song has reached and how many different industries have used it how many have have really it's really resonated with them Crochet designers in particular, because we do spend effing hours. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Pricing things is a a huge issue. Yeah. Um, And valuing our time, I think, is a huge issue. So to see see that song reach as far as it did. um, Yeah, I think having having social media platforms is a 
is is a pretty awesome thing that we've got you know we've got quite a lot of power doesn't feel like it but we do yeah amazing so what have you got coming up for the rest of this year what what are your plans I'm currently working on setting up a group membership program for creative business owners. Um, Mm -hmm. It's all about having a space to find support, to build up those creative business connections and also to kind of learn more about foundational business and foundational marketing tools that people can use to actually get their art out there. Mm Because I think we're in a position now where we're luckier than ever, where we can reach people on every continent from Mm -hmm. our house Um, but without having some sort of basis of of kind of marketing knowledge or social media knowledge it doesn't matter how talented a person is if they can't get out there and can't get themselves seen then that's going to be kind of going to waste so um, yeah it's going to be a sort of a membership program for people to just get to know other people in the industry get out of that kind of lonely entrepreneur headspace because it's mm-hmm. when we don't have that office culture it is quite a it's quite a lonely yeah <laughs> it's quite a lonely thing to be running your own business um and yeah just to there's going to be kind of course modules about various different things content generation social media um newsletters marketing mindset stuff time management all kinds of stuff everything that that holds people back a little bit I think yeah Um, so I'm really really excited about that and and uh I'm hoping that it's gonna it's been a lot of work it's been a lot of time and a lot of kind of investment of of energy so I'm hoping yeah I've done it justice (laughs) and I hope that people are gonna love it so um yeah yeah it's just to to give people a bit more of a foundational sort of basis to work from really to get that stuff out there there's so many amazing artists that are not being seen because they're they're not pushing themselves for whatever reason so yeah yeah sounds absolutely amazing I'm sure you have very much done it justice if you're going by the content of what you put on Instagram already I'm sure that the the content inside there is going to be invaluable for people so where can people find you I am on Instagram and TikTok as um, Hey, it's Laura Jane. And you can find me also on Facebook and LinkedIn as forward slash Hey, it's Laura Jane as well. I've used the same thing everywhere because I made the mistake of not doing that before and it was a nightmare to find me. So, um, yeah. And they'll find the info. Sorry, say that again. Uh, Yeah. So it's just, I'm just Hey, it's Laura Jane everywhere on the internet, pretty much. And that's where they'll find the info on your membership as well when it's yes, uh, launched. And there's also um, a bit of a Prezi on there that lots of people have thankfully loved so far. Um, in my bio, there's a link to uh, a content pack with 100 days worth of free content ideas. Wow, um, yeah. Which has really, I've had some really good feedback on that, so I'm super excited about it. Um because I think coming up with content ideas day after day after day is one of the biggest hurdles for people. So yeah, um, yeah, it's and it's totally free and free stuff is never bad. So, <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much for coming and chatting today. It's been lovely no, talking to you. I am. I should have said this, this at the beginning, but I'm a little bit starstruck, you know, because of that song. <laughs> I just followed you so, <laughs> for so madness. long. I'm like, yay. <laughs> no, that's madness because I, I actually started following you on YouTube right like years ago probably like right. eight years ago or something like yeah. that and I've kind of watched your journey and watched you like hit a million and like yeah. oh it's so cool so yeah it's really <laughs> really nice it's nice to it's a fly in here now I love that Thanks so much. <laughs> um, no it's lovely it's really nice to actually finally get to chat and catch up and yeah fabulous and, yeah. thank you so much no, thank and I shall you. speak to you bye bye